been with us the past couple of weeks, in person or online, you've been uh, beginning to realize that there are some pretty goofy, no, I'm not goofy, strange, crazy, wild, uh, hard to understand things in the Bible, right? Uh, some people say that the Bible is boring, but I think if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you would agree with me that, uh, that, that, uh, that it's not boring. There's a whole lot going, we've heard about demon pigs, uh, we've heard about fire from heaven, a woman turning into a pillar of salt. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is kind of crazy stuff. This book, this book is not for the faint of heart, right? Uh, the, the, the goal in this series is, uh, well, there's a lot of them, but, um, uh, it's, I guess, either to introduce you to, to new stuff in the Bible that maybe you didn't know was there or to make sense of things that, that you've read or heard and you've thought, well, that's crazy and confusing and strange and I don't know how in the world that could impact my life. Well, it can and, uh, and, and uh, I think we've been finding that out. Today, uh, I, I want to look at something that happened to a prophet in the Old Testament uh, by the name of Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel was was called by God to to speak to the Jews while they were exiled. Um, the the Jewish people had disobeyed God uh, time and time again. Uh, eventually, God had had enough, and He sent the the Babylonians who overthrew them and and took them away from their country, and they were exiled and uh, separated from their country, separated from God. It was a bleak time for the people of Israel. They felt like God had abandoned them. Uh, but through that time, God sent prophets uh, to uh, to talk. Talk to them to let them know that because of their sin, uh, this this happened, uh, and this was their punishment. Uh, but then also, these prophets told how they could get back in good standing with God, and so Ezekiel was one of those prophets. If you've ever read the book of Ezekiel, uh, you'll know that there's some wild things contained in those chapters. Um, uh, God uh, God had him do some some interesting. I, I mean. I don't know, his, his life was kind of a living sermon illustration or one after the other after the other. God said, go do this. And when you do that, people are going to ask you why in the world you're doing that. And uh, then here, here's the sermon. Here's what, here's what you tell them. So, uh, I mean, we could probably finish the rest of this series just in the book of Ezekiel looking at all the, the, the crazy things that, that God had Ezekiel do. He, uh, at one point, uh, God had him lay on his side for over a year, somehow symbolizing the sins of the people. He ate food food cooked over human excrement. We're not going to go there, I promise. Uh, he shaved his head and his beard with a sword and then did weird stuff with the hair. I mean, it's, it's, it, you need to read your Bible. Uh, you got, you got, to, got to open up these pages. There's, uh, there's, there's some crazy stuff. We're going to go toward the end of that book, Ezekiel chapter 37. There's a wild scene where Ezekiel has a vision and in the vision, he's led to a graveyard, a, a valley filled with bones. You can turn to it in your Bible or on your device, Ezekiel chapter 37. Uh, but here's a, a video rendition of it. Let's watch this together. Walk around with them bones, them bones gonna 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 wal
Is that how your Bible reads in Ezekiel 37? Dem bones, dem bones, dem drive. Is that it, maybe taking a little bit of, uh, that's the Delta Rhythm boys, if you want to look them up later. Uh, it, loosely associated with that passage, right? Ezekiel 37. Uh, but it's also uh, a great biology lesson, I guess. All the bones connected to themselves and we can learn a lot. But actually, we do have a video that, uh, that, that runs that does follow along uh, pretty much the, uh, the, the passage in Ezekiel 37, 1 to 10. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and watch this. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together. Looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. There's some strange things in the Bible, I'm telling you. This is one of those stranger things. Graveyards are scary places, I think you'd agree. They're full of death and decay, and we don't expect there to be anything living there. Uh, If there is then we get creeped out, I think. Uh, there's a story of a, of a man who had often walked through, cut through the cemetery on his way home from work every night. And uh, one night, uh, he was unaware that they had dug a new grave that day and, and uh, it was in his path and he wasn't paying attention and fell right in the hole. And uh, for some time, those holes were pretty deep and he struggled to get out and couldn't, couldn't get out and finally just gave up, settled in for the night, figuring somebody would be along in the morning and everything would be fine by then. And so he settled in one corner. As luck would have it, about an hour later, another man passing through the same cemetery fell into the same new grave, and uh, he began a desperate attempt to get out, unaware that there was anyone else in there. And the first man watched and listened from the corner as the second man uh, tried and, and, and tried, and his frustration grew, and after a few minutes, he, he just reached over in the pitch darkness and laid his hand on the man's shoulder. And he said, you can't get out of here. Strangely enough, he did. So uh, anyway, um, graveyards are scary places. We don't expect anything living to be there. If, if it's living, then we, we get creeped out. We expect dead things to stay dead. But in this vision, Ezekiel is in this valley, and it's full of bones, it says. that, that there, were, there were, quote, a great many bones. It says they were very dry. Some translations mention that they were bleached by the sun, 
emphasizing over and over again. Uh, dry bones are, are about as dead as you can get. I mean, I mean, not to get gross, but, but if something dies, it takes a lot of time to rot and decay before you're left with just dry bones, right? Something, something uh, has been dead for a long time before just the bones are left. Uh, and and this, was, this was an awful dead place. There was no chance for life, none. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, this person maybe wasn't dead. These are the many, many people, dry bones, in this vision, in this valley of dry bones, it's a, it's a metaphor for the for the people of Israel. I told you they were uh, they were uh, they were led, uh, led into exile. They had been uh, taken captive. They were displaced from their land. It, it appeared that, uh, that that God had abandoned them. Uh, it was it was as though they were dead. That there was there was no life. There's there's no hope. Uh, what in the world's going on? God has left us. God has abandoned us. And so that's uh, that's that's one message from this. From this uh, story today, it's a it's a metaphor and a, a picture. Uh, that once again, he, God is using Ezekiel to bring this message to these people. But, and although that's a vision that's specifically about the people of Israel in exile uh, uh, several thousand years ago, it's it's also a, a story of hopelessness that I think rings true to people even to this day. Uh, the story is, is is a common one down through history. We're, we're called to live for God, but we don't. We, we, we end up distant from him. Scripture even describes us as, quote, dead in our transgressions and sins. There's, there's no hope. There's no hope of life, uh, let alone life with God, until we, we, we uh, read this vivid account of what God can do with dead things. There is hope, but we have to participate in the miraculous things that God wants to do in our lives. Uh, it, we have to participate in, in, in what he wants to do in restoring dead things to life. And, and so there are just a few things that, that I think we can apply to our lives today that can bring us that hope and, and re, revival, revitalization in our spiritual lives uh, that, uh, that we can find in this vision. The first thing is that we need to trust the power of God. God showed Ezekiel uh, the, all those dead skeletons and, and then he asked the absurd question, can these bones live? And now you and I both know what Ezekiel's thinking. There is no earthly way in the world that, that, that these bones can live. Uh, and, and that was true. There was no earthly way that these bones were going to live. But it looks like Ezekiel knew that it was probably a trick question. Uh, so he, he put it back in God's hands. And so Ezekiel's answer uh, wasn't no way. His, his answer was, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And here's a, a huge truth that we have to, to, to own today. We have to know today that, that when God is involved, there's always hope. There are no hopeless situations. Uh, do, do you believe that, that there are no hopeless situations? I, I think when we look at people, we look at, at some people or some situations, some circumstances, we're, we're pretty quick to determine that there's probably nothing good coming out of that I mean people in in sin uh, people in desperate circumstances people walking through immense difficulty dry bones can can those bones live we're, we're tempted to answer from from our perspective and say no way there, there's no way there's no hope there but but instead we have to trust the power of God sovereign Lord I don't I don't know I don't see it God but 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 uh, sovereign Lord you alone know I can trust in the power of God 
We look at other people's circumstances, we might not see hope. Uh, we also uh, need to believe it for our own lives. When things seem hopeless, uh, do you still believe in the power of God? Do you believe it for your marriage? There is no hopeless situation. God can bring life where there appears to be no hope. Do you believe it for your relationship with your kids? Do you believe it for the, the circumstances of your life? In the, in the face of, of desperate odds, there are no hopeless situations. We have to trust in the power of God. Do you believe it for your own spiritual life? And you might say, well, pastor, you don't really know what I've been involved in and, and I'm not sure that God's going to forgive me in this or, or uh, you know, I'm, I'm really uh, just I'm getting in. There, there are things and no one knows. The, the valley of the dry bones tells us that there are no hopeless situations, that God can bring life where the sun-bleached bones of sin are piled I want you to hear that today, and I want you to believe it today. I want you to trust in the power of God. We saw this a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and we emphasized a big part of that, that story with the, uh, the guy with the boatload of demons, right, and, and uh, cast out and all that, and we said there is no one who is beyond the, the reach of God's grace, right? Uh, no hopeless situations, not even that person that comes to mind that just seems hopeless, not even you. Uh, there, there, is, there is no one who is beyond the grace of God. A guy possessed by 6,000 demons, proves it and a valley filled with an army of skeletons confirms it God brings life where there appears to be only death there are no hopeless situations with God there is always hope and so today first and foremost before we go any further maybe the one thing you need to hear today is is that that uh, that 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 you need to trust in the power of God there are no hopeless situations Sovereign Lord, you alone know. As you're walking through life, God, what do I do next? I don't know what in the world's gonna happen in life. Uh, this diagnosis, this, this circumstances, this, this uh, habit that I've gotten myself into, this, this anxiety that just riddles my life. What do I, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. You are the only one who can bring life where there appears to be death. Ezekiel believed it. He trusted in God's power to do the impossible. And so as, as he o obeyed and, and spoke God's word, it says there was a rattling sound. Now that's what's going to creep you out, right? I mean, you're in the, the completely dead, all these things, but now there's a rattling sound. Dead bones moving around, coming together, forming full skeletons. And then you saw it up there, tendons and, and flesh appearing out of nowhere. I mean, this is the stuff that zombie movies are made of, right? I, I mean, but, but these weren't zombies. These uh, Ezekiel and, and these bones, these, these people, they did what you and I must do. Not only trust in the power of God, but it's the next thing that, that we have to take from the heart of this story. And it's, it's that we need to hear the voice of God. Just true confessions here today, I tend to get kind of busy and distracted. Um, there's a lot of things in life, maybe stuff with our family or stuff with our job or stuff with, with uh, just the circumstances of life. Maybe it's your finances or maybe it's your, your hobbies or maybe it's uh, taking care of your house and, and, uh, and, and the yard and all the things or, or maybe it's extended family and all the stuff or maybe it's just the constant scroll and you just got to find out what everybody else is. I get distracted Oh, I have to always come back to, am I anticipating today in this moment, in, in, in these next moments, am I anticipating hearing God's voice today? Are, are, you, are, are you listening? We're, we're reminded vividly here that there is life in the voice of God. 
I, I mean, we can go clear back to creation. Uh, how did God create the world? He spoke it into existence, right? Uh, all of life that we encounter today as uh, all of the things that we see in creation actually sprang from the voice of God. He spoke and it happened. There is life in his voice and he is speaking to you. I'm not saying that you'll hear an audible voice telling you what decisions to make or where to go next, although if you told me that that happened, I'd believe you. But we, we, we could have a long discussion about how do we hear the voice of God. Uh, uh, there's a lot of different uh, uh, things that go into it. I think maybe that's the makings of a sermon series, um, maybe one that we've uh, gone through several times here. Uh, but but I, I just want to boil it down to one thing today. The clearest way to hear God's voice is to read God's book. The clearest way to hear God's voice is to read God's book. If you are not personally reading scripture, you will not clearly hear the voice of God. A lot of people follow feelings or, or urges or open doors and, and, and they name that the voice of God. I know one guy who <laughs> told me a while back that uh, he, he was thinking that, that God might want him and his family to move. And then later on that week, uh, he looked out the window and he saw the Remax balloon. And that was his sign in the heavens. Now, God really does want me to move. And maybe he did. Maybe that, that's it's fine. It's, God can speak through all sorts of things. But I, I don't know whether that was God or that somebody was just flying the Remax balloon that day. But uh, I, I do know that, that every urge and sign and open door that you receive will be confirmed in scripture if it's from God. So, so if you're not reading God's book, you will not clearly hear God's voice. And we can, we can say, well, I think God wants me to do that, but if it's not here and it's not confirmed here, then that's just you thinking that maybe God wants you to do that. We've got to hear God's voice. There's life in the voice now, sometimes I think we get nervous about hearing God's voice, right? Maybe, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I, I don't really want to hear what God has to say because it probably means I need to change something. And uh, if God says, uh, says this, then that means, oh, I've probably got to obey it if I hear it. So maybe I can just kind of step back and not, oh, what was that, God? I didn't really catch that. But I, I want you to hear today that, that God's word, when he speaks, it comes to you from a place of, uh, of love and life. He wants nothing but the best for you. Of course, he wants you to stop sinning. And so his voice will come to you and say, hey, stop, do that. don't do that. You need to do this. Uh, go here, do this good thing. Stop doing that bad thing. He's gonna do only because, not so that he can just smack us and, and, uh, and, and get us. He, he's he's uh, doing that only because sin leads to, uh, to death and he wants to bring life. Uh, he, he wants you to, to, to use your time and your talents wisely and not waste them. And so he's gonna guide and direct your steps to do those things that, that will participate in his kingdom, not in just your own. But because he knows that real abundant life is, uh, is in serving him wholeheartedly. He loves us with all of his heart. And he wants us to experience the best life possible. His voice brings life. We will not experience that life if we're not listening for his voice and if we're not ready to obey what he says. I mean, it, it may seem weird. What it, God says may seem weird or scary, kind of like prophesying to a bunch of bleached out bones, right? But we have to listen for his voice and do what he says because it leads to life. There's life in God's voice. 
So at this point in the, in the story, in the vision, Ezekiel is, is trusting in God's power and he's listening to his voice and a miraculous transformation has taken place. Bones have become skeletons and skeletons have grown flesh and veins and organs and skin. And, and, and I just like to say that, that I hope that uh, although it doesn't say it, I just want to believe it, that, that they also grew uniforms. Um, I don't want their, I don't know. What did the pastor preach? Well, naked zombie armies. That's what the pastor preached about today. Uh, naked zombie armies. You're, you're missing a lot if you're not reading the Bible. I'm just telling you, you got to get in there. There's a lot of stuff there. Well, I don't, naked or not, whatever. Uh, amazing things are happening, right? These, these bones have come together. They've, they've, they've formed bodies. There are, there are now people where there had been dry, sun-bleached bones. They rattled. They came together miraculously. Uh, but, but there's an important distinction in verse 8 of Ezekiel 37. It says this specifically, there was no breath in them. I mean, all that cool stuff happened, and they, they looked like they could be alive, but no real life yet. Have you ever known somebody like that? Maybe, maybe they uh, do all the right spiritual things. Maybe they uh, appear to be living for Jesus, or they're doing, walking through all the re- religion kind of things, but they're not really spiritually alive. Maybe it's a little like the guy in the, in the story I heard about uh, who, who was... Um, going to a costume party one October and, and he was kind of proud of his costume. He had, he had gone all out and he was dressed as the devil and he had the, the horns and the, the tail and the pitchfork and he had done his makeup and I mean, it was, it was scary uh, to, to, to look at. And, and he's just walking a, a few blocks down to, uh, to, to get to the, the, the costume party, but uh, just kind of out of the blue, a, a big storm kind of came up and, and he didn't want to ruin his, his costume and his makeup and stuff, so he, he ducked into the first door that, that he could and, and it just so happened to be a church. And that church just so happened to be having revival service that night. And, uh, and he came in and, and kind of disrupted everything and, and people uh, heard the noise and turned around and there, sure enough, in the back of the church is the devil just standing there, right? And... Um, Everyone kind of, you know, freaked out and pandemonium ensued as, as uh, the congregation began to kind of scatter and one lady got caught in her pew and she fell down and she couldn't get back up again and, and this guy didn't really realize what was going on. He kind of kind of wasn't really cluing into the fact that they were scared of him and so he went over to this lady to try to help her up and, and she was just scared as, <laughs> as all get out and looked up into his eyes and said, Satan, I've been a member of this church for over 30 years, but I want you to know that I've really been on your side the whole time. I think I have met her before. No, I'm just kidding. No. Appearances can be deceiving, right? That, that guy wasn't really the devil, but that lady wasn't really the saint that she portrayed herself to be. Sometimes we can have an outward appearance of spiritual life, but really still be dead on the inside. Not only do we have to trust in the power of God, sovereign Lord, you alone know if life can even, is even possible here. Uh, We also have to uh, search for and, and listen to and obey the voice of God. But, but just like those bones in Ezekiel's vision, we also have to breathe the breath of God. Ezekiel prophesied to the very breath of God. God breathed on those bodies and it, it says they, they quote, came to life and stood to their feet. 
Again, it's, it's the creation story all over again. Genesis 2, 7, uh, then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. The, uh, the, the Hebrew word translated here as, as the breath of God, uh, it, it's actually the same word that the Old Testament uses uh, throughout uh, uh, its pages as, uh, as, as the word for the Holy Spirit. So the word for breath is also the word for spirit. Genesis 1-2 is the first time that, that, that we see it. In the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit, the, 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 the word is ruach. That's the Hebrew word for, for breath or for spirit. Uh, the, the, the ruach, the spirit of God, was hovering over the waters. And that's just the first of over a hundred times in, in the Old Testament uh, where, where that word ruach is translated spirit. And it's the same word that, that is used in Ezekiel chapter 37 to talk about the, the breath that Ezekiel prophesied to, the, the, the life breath of God. And maybe you're, you're listening to all this and you're thinking, well, I'm not spiritually dead and, and, and I'm not like those old dry bones and I'm walking with God and things are pretty okay and, 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 and that's great and that may be true and that's awesome, but, but I just want to go on record to say I can always breathe more of the breath of God. I, I always uh, am, am up for a fresh new filling of God's spirit in my life. I don't want to get to the place of, of, of being in danger of becoming dead, uh, a heap of bones separated from God. My prayer is, is that we will continue to breathe the breath of God, that we will breathe the spirit of God in our lives and so that his life can be lived through us. We've got to breathe the breath of God. We've got to invite the spirit of God to truly inspire his life within us. I think, and this, this uh, vision doesn't take this uh, anywhere, but if, uh, take this here, but if we follow what the, the spirit of God does throughout scripture, when the spirit is living and active, <laughs> it changes everything. We, we, uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing that the Spirit does is he changes our character on the inside, from the inside out. We see in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, if the Spirit is planted within us, it's going to grow, and that's going to look like things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And those things are going to be spilling over and sprouting out in our lives and, and uh, other it's, uh, it will be noticeable that the spirit is living on the inside as opposed to no spirit, no breath of life, just gonna respond the way I respond. And I, sometimes I can be kind of kind and sometimes I can be kind of patient and, and uh, my character is kind of up to me. I, my prayer is that my character is up to the spirit and that he is going to continually uh, fill as I breathe in his life. I, you, you saw it there, uh, the end of this passage, what happens at the end of this vision, it says a vast army was raised up. I don't, I don't know if that's how you see yourself as the church, but you, you need to. As the followers of God, as, as, as Jesus uh, uh, followers, we, we recognize that we are his army, his, his, uh, his representatives in the world. We are uh, to be the army of God, speaking the words of God, bringing uh, the life of God into this world where we live. This story with, with zombies and rattling bones seems like one of the stranger things in the Bible. 
but it's actually just a dramatic picture of what God desires for all of us. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to hear his voice and he wants us to breathe in his spirit. And when we do that, that's when we can truly live. This this vision is also a, a picture of what Jesus went through in order to bring us life, right? He was crucified on our behalf for our sin, dead and buried. But God raised him to new life. And because of his death and resurrection, that new life can be our life. Father God, we do want your life uh, in us. We want you to live through us. And so, Lord, I pray that as we go from here and, and people encounter us this week, that they, they wouldn't uh, wonder whether, uh, whether you're in us or not, that they wouldn't, certainly that they wouldn't encounter old dry bones spiritually, but that they would sense and know that your spirit is living and active and vibrant within us, that we are a vast army, your church, your representatives in this world, bringing your hope and your life. Breathe in us, breathe through us, and may we acknowledge you each and every moment of every day. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the life that you bring. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.